Hello, and welcome to the Short Story Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wolfrey. First, I would like to tell you a little bit about this podcast. The reason why we're doing this podcast is because lots of folks who are writing short stories and no way to get them out there. Well, we've got a way to do that with this podcast. One of my interests are short stories, and I want to help writers who wants or needs recognition and also a chance to have their stories published out into the world for thousands or potentially millions of listeners, including book publishers and agents. This podcast is free for anyone to listen to. And if you would like to enjoy extended options, like holiday stories, children's stories, children's bedtime stories, Christian or Bible stories, true crime stories, meditation, and much more. Please join our Patreon account. Attachment below. Thank you. And now, our story. This is a story called Myths, written by Stephanie Kay. Everything assumes such immense quality when you are a child. You are a seed amongst the trees. Waiting and waiting for the soil and the sun to open you up, to release you from the feeling of smallness. And in that smallness rests another seed, one of fear, or something like it, a lack of agency and hopelessness. My parents were like trees especially my father. Every morning as he was getting ready to head out to the confectionery, I would sit on the edge of the tub and watch him shave. To this day I cannot feel cold without the sour, soapy smell of the shaving cream filling my lungs. An association unbent by time and experience. He had this way of making everything he did seem so big and so important. Now, my mother, she had this way of approaching everything with a petronatural speed. She had the reputation of being the best confectionery person in northern France, but her inborn modesty kept her from accepting any compliments. She broke so easily, at least that's what my father would come to say. Yet she stood the tallest despite the weather. The first eight years of my life were relatively soundless. If I were to go back and throw a ball of yawn against my bedroom window, I probably would have been able to hear it. My parents used to rise together at the faintest hint of dawn and sip their coffee, mother with her novel and father with his Parisian newspaper, occasionally locking eyes as if to say, oh well, another day. I would watch them from a thin crack in my bedroom door and inhale their light as if to retain it forever, not knowing that it was a fruitless task 
For soon, after my ninth birthday, there was no light left, only rough blue dark that filled my lungs like fiberglass. My parents' confectionery was among the oldest in Paris. Inherited, as it were, from my namesake, my grandfather, Julien, my father's father. It was once said that I was born in the shop, my mother having me amongst almonds and the fruits and the sugars. It was just the first of many family myths that I had learned to entertain and then quickly dismiss. Julian, you are part sugar. Right. In any case, I grew up there. If I wasn't in school or at home, I was sitting at one of the few tables that lined the windows of the shop, eating raspberry candy and reading. My mother spent most of her days in the kitchen, whipping and whisking and slicing and stopping, only to deliver trays of fresh sweets to my father, who would then arrange them in the cases with admirable precision. She might pause briefly to kiss him or to ensure that I was keeping up with my studies. All she had to do was raise her brow and give me that glaze. My father would tend to the patrons. That was what he did best. He never seemed to tire of boxing up the chocolates and placing them where they belong or giving little snippets of candy to the children, placing it in their palms and chatting with the regulars over the different types of chocolate. Occasionally, he would have me fill larger orders with him, paying me with another piece of candy. He would wink at me, as if to say, Don't tell your mother. I smiled then, because I thought that would be uh, the first secret and only secret between us. However, it wasn't. I wish I could go back and erase that smile off my sticky face, as if to tell him that I wanted no part of it, any part of it. The cakes, the candies, or his drinking and his women. Right now, imagine the sound of your most favorite song ending forever. This leads me to my second family myth. Love is always enough. Sometimes I think about what would have been different about my life had I kept believing that. Instead of being a child who realized that his parents manufactured false truths right before their trusting eyes. The first time I heard my mother weep because of my father. Now, right now, imagine this sensation. I was an inch shy of nine and learning long division. Irony tastes so different to me 
than my mother's pastels du Mouret. Those hard and black, terrifying things to eat. Which brings me to the third family myth. Sugar is always sweet. I just sat at my rickety table and pressed my pencil so hard into my notebook as if to signal to them that my little world had been reduced to making sense of problems that cannot be solved. Yet she continued to cry and eventually he would leave only to stumble home at the smallest hours of the morning. Smelling of liquor, I, I would come to recognize these things when I was much older. Sometimes I wish I could have leveraged my smallness to my advantage. When you are small, you have more power than you know to augment your reality. I would have shrunken myself into the thinnest common denominator, breathing in their musky sweet smell and breathing out my parents' old light. Dead, yellow, and broken. Well, I would have made myself small enough to rest my head on a tiny teal cushion that could have carried me into sleep instead of leading me from it. Imagine the darkest of dark things gnawing at you, clawing at you, and leaving you lying alone on your back. The back door of our kitchen led to a porch area. Sometimes either their yelling or their silence became too much, I would click open the doorknob. Right now, imagine the sound of your heart beating as if you woke up after a thousand years' sleep. By the time I was sixteen, I had stopped pretending. But I didn't think about the sweetness that I wish I could have captured in it all, the sweetness of the confections. Though I wouldn't have called it love, or rather something like it, I think about my parents' bitter tongues and how I wish I could have captured it in a confection. If only they could have known what it had been like for me as a boy to be deceived and subsequently disappointed. Ill. I don't know what I would have called that either. Sometimes. There are no words, just feelings. Sometimes I think about my own daughter's smallness, and if she ever wished that she was a tree, and how I wish she didn't view me as a tree, because that is such a thing to live up to. Dawn near indestructible, and also so fragile, though. Imagine your mother's smallest voice and how sometimes it sounds like branches crackling, but other times it sounds like nothing. Everything assumes such a small quality 
when you're approaching death. You are a tree amongst the seeds, waiting and waiting for the soil and the sun to dry you up, to release you from the feelings of immensity. And in that smallness rest another seed, one of calm, or something like it, an abundance of agency and hope. Thank you for listening to this story. Written by Stephanie Kay. Adaptions and narration by Ben Wolfrey. If you have any requests or any comments, you can email me at voicechoice.1 at aol.com. Thanks again. Good night.